0: listening to affect autism where affect is the number one tool we use in supporting child development through playful interactions hello this week we have a returning guest jackie bartell who's a retired special educator in rochester new york she's a icdl training leader who uh, works with all kinds of clients around the world locally um a, a dir uh champion that's helping people everywhere and I need her help today. So the topic for this week at is about limits and expectations and let me give you guys a little bit of a background. Well first I'll say welcome back Jackie.
1: It's great to be here Daria. You know I always love to have a little chat with you about things going on with your son and your family so I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I, I'm really happy you're here too because um, it's it's one of those things that we talk about um, with people that I've had podcasts with over the years. Um, we did a podcast, Maude LaRue and I did a podcast about developmental growth spurts or something and how, you know, our children would jump developmentally and then they'll progress in certain ways and then usually that's followed by a developmental leap and so... The great thing is that our kids are developing; they're moving forward. Our son is now ten. He's becoming more and more independent every day, and he's recently learned that he doesn't have to listen to us anymore. <laughs> so that has brought up different challenges, and uh, through the challenges, um, Jackie and I have had a couple of informal talks and it just wasn't clicking with me and I, I wasn't following some of the suggestions she was giving and I was discussing them with my husband and and we both in theory agreed she's giving us great uh, tips and suggestions but we just didn't really follow up on them and, and it took doing a few recent podcasts for it to kind of hit me in the face what's going on and that's what we're going to talk about today so
1: um,
0: first of all I did that podcast with Jake Greenspan about food time. And even though food and eating is not an issue in our family so much, um, the methodology that Jake talked about, which is basically floor time, uh, giving the children some control, giving them choice, uh, following their lead by, by going with their choice, but then also setting the limits and boundaries. I was like, this is what Jackie was talking to me about in our informal talks. And then a podcast with, Dr. Andrea Davis when I was doing bowling with my son and talking about how it was really hard for me to challenge him developmentally because he's my little sweet pea and he went through this medical tragedy when he was two and I don't want anything bad to ever happen to him and I just love him so much and adore him and think he's so adorable, the things he says, the things he does. And so it's really hard for me to put him in that state of, of challenge where he, you know, I'm not just doing everything for him. Um, but yet we need to foster his independence because he's 10 now. He's going to be in puberty in a few years. And and then finally, their recent podcast with Dr. Fader um, talking about the, some of the move towards a developmental approach in some of the behavioral literature. They're now moving towards these naturalistic developmental behavioral interventions where you have a blended mix of some kind of ABA type things with, developmental relationship-based approach and and how we incorporate that more structured aspect of floor time into our relationship-based models and so all of these things were simmering in my mind and i thought jackie come to the rescue and help me please <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i hope i hope i'll be able to uh to, to give you some uh, a perspective to kind of understand this and give you some suggestions about how to how to, make things easier. So I think the first thing I want to start with is that, you know, what you started with with was that your son has learned that he doesn't have to listen to you guys, you and your husband anymore. And I, I, that, that is, that's, that's a description of the observable behavior of what it feels like right now in your home. But what I want to tell you is that I, this is something that I think we first need to celebrate a little bit because his understanding that he doesn't have to listen to you and doesn't have to do what you say he should be doing is is a progression up that developmental ladder because he's realizing that he's separate from you and he has the ability to make decisions about himself. And it's really it's really showing that development of his sense of who he is and that he isn't completely dependent on mom and dad so you know that's a celebration and that's a yes we, we're making such nice developmental developmental progress but when one is living in a house with with other people there are situations where he can't be in complete control and so now what he's going to learn is he's going to have to learn that next step that idea of about there's give and take and that mom and dad have have certain ideas and that he has to he has to be part of those ideas and that he has to you know and I don't want to use the word compliant because compliance suggests that he's not any, have, doesn't have any choice in thinking about them but that he has to understand that there's reasons for some of the things and the expectations that mom and dad have. And I think that's the piece that we really want to work on and support you and your husband in how, how do we develop that, that kind of capacity in our son to understand that these are must-dos, these are expectations, and here there are choices. And I think that that's... And, and, and not only is that something that, that your son has to learn, but I think for us as pa- for parents, as we're on this journey down this, on this developmental journey with our children, and we have children that have challenges, it, it, it is more difficult to be able to see this idea that there are times when we can follow a child's lead and do what exactly they, they they're thinking and they're wanting, but there's also times when we have to set limits and that we have to have expectations. Having said that, there's another component to this as we go down that developmental course. If we don't set limits in some way, we will never have an op- a, a situation where we're allowing the child to be challenged. And if we don't allow for challenge, we are then not allowing for the child to develop th- that capacity of gray area thinking. Oh, I understand what you're saying. And I understand how that then pertains to me and what I'm thinking. Or triangular thinking. I'm thinking something, you're thinking something, but there's another situation here of somebody else. Without those challenges, the child isn't going to be able to develop that capacity. So it's, you know, there, so it's not not only is it, is it important for us to think about this in terms of happy family life, but it's also important for us to think about this in terms of how we move up that developmental ladder.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think just to point out to the listeners, what you said, which is him developing his sense of self, that really happens in the fourth, functional, emotional, developmental capacity. And, and our son's been in the heart of that now for about a year, progressing through. It's it's the most elaborate of the capacities, I would say, that it's that hump that you need to get over to get into that logical thinking at, at the sixth capacity. And then you mentioned gray area, triangular thinking, and self-reflection, seven, eight, and nine. So we're, we're moving towards those capacities, and that's great. But... Um, Here's the issue that Jackie's going to address today is that my husband and I don't have a problem setting limits and we don't have a problem setting expectations and we don't have a problem giving him choice. The problem is it's completely random and inconsistent. (laughs) So our little guy, Jackie, has made me aware through our informal discussions prior to this podcast that um, he's thinking what are these two clowns doing and uh, how am I going to manipulate them to figure out what the heck's going on? Because um, a few situations we talked about, which we can get into is um, bedtime is an issue. If mom is home alone, he might still not want to go to bed, but it's it's not really a problem. If dad is home alone, it's, you know, it's an issue. He doesn't want to go to bed. He wants to keep playing, but it's not a problem. Mom and dad are both home. Oh boy. We get him racing around in circles, running and yelling, no, I don't want to go to bed or being silly, starting to throw all the socks up onto the curtains, grabbing dad's hat and whipping it around and racing at full speed. You know, he's half, you know, getting his pajamas on, and he has no pants on and he starts racing around the house, <laughs> you know, just like getting excited. And, and so it becomes this whole uh, charade. And so, of course, he's all wound up, and then now we have to try and get on bed. And the other thing around brushing teeth, um, he is 10, developmentally much younger, maybe more like a four- or five-year-old, and um, we are still brushing his teeth for him, and I've started to try and get him to hold the toothbrush. Doesn't really seem that interested. He has a loose molar now, and he almost all of his baby teeth are out. He's a little bit ahead of his age for teeth development or whatever. <laughs> he got his teeth early as a baby too. So he, he's, uh, you know, very scared about us going in there because it hurts, because the tooth is loose, and, and so um, he's always screaming and protesting whenever we go to brush his teeth, but the good news is we get his teeth brushed every day, and we go to the dentist regularly, so at least we're on top of that, but we have this whole issue around, it's time to brush your teeth, and you do this every day, come on, just let's get this done, and then dad does it one way, mom does it a different way, and... Um, And then the third thing is around eating. He's a great eater. Everything's good. But as I mentioned in the podcast with Jake Greenspan, it was the first time he understood Halloween last year. And so he he actually ate candy for the first time. Uh, I never gave him any sugar or treats like that kind of junk food or whatever. And now, um, so since October, he's been having treats. And, you know, again, we'll set limits. We'll say, oh, no, no, it's not good for you. You can just have one. But then the next day I'll be like... Oh, he's like, I want more chocolate. Oh, okay, because you're so cute. Here you go, have another one. (laughs) So he's not learning any kind of consistent limits around that. And then dad might say, no, you're not having any. And then mom's like, oh, yeah, here you go. You can have one. (laughs) So he's getting really different messages around that. So when Jake started to talk about um, what he'll do with kids that are definitely in a different situation than our son, where they're literally not getting nutrition, um, but the four time concepts were there. Putting the child in control, helping foster the child's ability to make their own decisions as opposed to just doing what mom and dad say, and involving them in the decision making process around setting limits, whether it's when we're brushing our teeth, what time we're going to bed, what are we going to do before bed, are we going to read a story, are we going to do this, let him have some say in it. And for some reason I feel like I'm completely incapable of doing this and disorganized and Jackie's been mentioning this for months and we haven't done a thing yet, Jackie.
1: <laughs> okay, well let's 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 talk about the let, let's start with the chocolate because that's that, that that's probably an easier one. So I think what when whenever we we have a situation that is that that as parents we're feeling we're struggling with. It's really important for us to stop first of all and try to figure out where is our struggle coming from. And Daria, you, your, your honesty is always so appreciated. You know, when one of the things that you said was I've never given him, given him, you know, sugar and and chocolate and he discovered Halloween and it was, and I'm going to, going to surmise that it was really great for you and your husband to see your child, doing this thing of halloween that is like a a, a rite of childhood and oh my god how great and then you got all this candy that well we've been able to we as parents have been able to control because he hasn't been interested so we haven't really had to deal with this whole candy thing and now he's got a taste for it and by golly he really likes it so now you're trying to help him learn the limit and so what happens is And he's, he's, he's a master at it. He's got these two parents and he's starting to understand that there's a, there are two different personalities between mom and dad. And he knows that mom's a softie and daddy's probably going to maybe be a little bit tougher. And what happens is that sometimes he gets the chocolate and sometimes he doesn't. And so he's operating from the point of view of that. Sometimes. Sometimes I might get two, sometimes I'll only get one, maybe sometimes he's even gotten three, maybe uh, yeah, got four, maybe he's got, yeah, see, so there, there's your honesty again, and, that, and it's real, and it happens to all of us, okay, but what happens with your son is that he, he escalates and he gets loud and it gets unpleasant, and that it wears us down. And what happens is is that he wears us down because he doesn't know what the expectation is before he goes into it. And so you would know that the expectation for you guys is one piece of chocolate per day. And that's it. But he doesn't know that. Your son doesn't know that. It's just... And so he has to understand... Okay, here's the chocolate. And this is the piece of of that negotiation and having him thinking about it from a floor time perspective, having him be involved in how are we going to take control of this situation of all of this sugar? Okay, how many pieces of chocolate should we have a day? You can decide, you can have one or 10. And he picks 10 and you go, whoa, wait a minute. 10 pieces of chocolate, that is probably not good for your teeth and not good for your, and you go through whatever and then you negotiate with him. So then you're working on negotiation and you get him to two pieces. And so every day when dinner is done, you say to your son, where's your chocolate? And he goes and gets two pieces of chocolate. And then the limit is set but if he doesn't know what the amount is beforehand he's ne- it's going to be very difficult to make the three members of your family be compliant around the said rule of you should only have one piece of chocolate a day and and then you go- you're going to get this this, this 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 sort of you know like volcano of 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 reaction from your son which is which is what you really nobody likes to deal with that nobody wants to deal with that and what's happening to you and your husband is that you get to that moment where where one person says only one piece of chocolate a day and he goes "Ah!" and then somebody mama brings gives him another piece because you don't want to see none of us want to see our child in that kind of distress if we can avoid it and that's a great way to avoid it so th- that there is that that thing when you when you said it the manipulation he's not manipulating you because manipulation has such a very negative context and people when when we say he's manipulating we're like ah! well what he's doing is he's learning how to control his parents and you are the safest people because he is going to have to learn how to do that how to do that negotiation so let's teach him how to do that does that make sense
0: yeah yes it does and um and a couple of things came up for me um when you're saying that like i'm of course thinking Yeah, right. We'll say, go get your chocolates and he'll only take two. He'll take the whole bag, but maybe he won't. I don't know. I've tried it.
1: (laughs) Maybe he won't. And if he takes the whole bag, then you're going to say, wait a minute. Didn't we decide it's two and he's going to probably look at you or he may, ah, and then you can say, well, I'm Sorry. But this is too many because we agreed on two and you take one two out and if he screams, is that okay? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: But but what we shouldn't do, which of course sometimes slips out from possibly mom or dad, we don't need to say, is oh fine, then then you're not getting any. <laughs> that right. sort of punishment threat kind of behavioral reaction which which I loathe but then you find yourself doing it and you're like ah, I can't and, and believe why, I just did that
1: and why, why does that come out of our mouths why do we say those kinds of things
0: because we are so distressed at the
1: <laughs> behavior we're so dysregulated at the, at, the, at the notion of you can have one piece of chocolate and our child is not, doesn't, for whatever reason, participate in that idea. And we're like, oh, why don't you? Because, and it goes right back to what you said at the beginning he's not listening to us. Why aren't you listening to what I'm saying? Because, you know, you must know I'm your mom and I, I know what's good for you. And I'm, I'm, you know, like I have this wonderful brilliance to me. Well he doesn't understand all of that, nor should he. And so our our saying, well then you can't have any is is it is, is not helpful in the situation and it doesn't at all and all all it imparts in the situation is our own frustration and we're not helping him understand what the expectation is. It is so important whenever whenever as parents we have situations where there is an expect expected behavior that we let the child know what the expected behavior is, and it's the same. You know, we do that with, for each other all the time. You know, we're you, you're in a car and you're going to I don't know, you're going to Walmart, and there's three people in the car, and one person really, and it's raining, and one person is like, ah, my hair will get really messed up if I'm in the rain. And they want to be dropped off in front. Well, if the driver doesn't know that that's the expected behavior that I have of the driver, they're never going to drive in front there because they don't know. So we have to be able to tell children this is the expected behavior before we're fiddling around with Halloween candy or whatever else it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, that absolutely makes sense. And um, we had done a, a blog about do visual prompts help? And, and you discussed that at that point as well. Like um, sometimes having some kind of visual prompt, like we'll do this or we'll do this um, can help. So it, it's along the same lines as that, I guess. Um, exactly. Um, just a side funny story. I was at my parents' house out of town for the long weekend. Um, and in the morning, I was a little bit extra tired. So my little guy ended up downstairs. And usually, like, I'm watching him all at all moments. But I was like, eh, I can hear him. Uh, I'm okay for 10 more minutes. So I came down maybe about 10 minutes later. <laughs> he was sitting at the kitchen table of my parents' house. He had gone in the pantry, got a big bag of salt and vinegar chips, got himself a plate, poured the whole bag onto the plate. It was like overflowing, like a humongous bag of chips. And the bag was up on the counter. Half of them were on the floor. And he's sitting there watching his iPad, happy happy as can be, eating salt and vinegar chips for breakfast. I laughed so hard. I took a couple of pictures. Maybe I'll put one on the blog post. And, uh, oh my goodness, I thought, this is adorable but oh I said oh you can't eat that for breakfast I'm sorry so I put a bunch back in the bag let him have a few and then I made him his actual breakfast but I just thought that was hilarious and like he surely is becoming more independent because how would he have even known where to get the chips before and you know he helped himself so it's great (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, yes 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 and it's it is another moment for celebration I mean it and it is it's you know I just I can just visualize it and, you know, when as a parent, you walk down, and you're like, whoa, that's not really such a great thing for him to be eating for breakfast, because, and, and if, we're, if, if it were me, and if I was honest, it's because I don't then feel successful as a mom, because my child is eating salt and vinegar chips for breakfast, but how awesome that he knew you start the day with food, and here's something that I can get on my own and set up for breakfast and so that 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 then leads me the next thing that i've started to think of is hmm, perhaps he's ready that in the morning you know mom and dad could sleep and you can get yourself breakfast you know there could be some cereal or something that he could do on his own and how amazing would that be for him
0: yeah, um, well, we usually fry eggs and, and cook ham and then cut it and then sort of have to help him with it. So I, I he's not there yet, but I get your point. Um, there could be something that we can start along those lines. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. And then he's going to make you breakfast in bed. You just wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, how do we even begin... So you mentioned the chocolate so we'll we'll have an expectation around how many and and dad and I have to be on the same page and like what if we aren't what if when mom's home it's 2 and when dad's home it's 1 is that okay
1: what do you think
0: i think it's probably okay
1: absolutely it's okay i mean and i and i think you you and dad have to agree on how much chocolate do we think is okay for our son to eat and if you guys both say well you know 3 is okay but 6 is too many then 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 that 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 there are the parameters for you but you as parents you have to come come across as a united front because if you are not a united front you you will have what you're experiencing where he's going to he he knows one one of the, one of them is softer than the other. And that that that's wonderful. You know and then there's some you know there's there's some kids who go, "Oh, you know as as they progress and grow and develop, where they where they say, "Well, I'm not going to ask you about that because I know you won't let me do it. I'm going to go ask mommy or I'm going to go ask daddy." You know and and that's
0: Don't we all do that? Even like uh, my parents are now 80. Even I do that. I
1: know who I'm going to talk to about what topic. Well, and so, and right there, you're, so it's okay if our, if, if our children who have these developmental challenges do that. Those are not problems. Those are celebrations. Those are celebrations because they're then learning about the world of human beings and relationships. And that's, that's what we're working on.
0: So um, I'm, I'm not sure what, what the next step is, um, but I'll just say a couple of things. So the bedtime thing, um, the whole charade before bedtime if mom and dad are both home. Like I've literally, I, I, I cringe to say this publicly, but at the same time, I know that all the families out there are going through the same thing. I've literally made excuses like, oh, mama has to go to the store and gone and sat in the car so that my husband can do bedtime easily. And then I'm like, I'm like checking social media, listening to music, whatever. And then he texts me, he's asleep. And then I come back inside or I literally do go to the grocery store or I go to the neighbor's house and we go for a walk or whatever. But, um, then I feel like, oh my goodness, I have to leave my own house because my son will not go to bed if I'm there without a big charade. And, and it's also if my husband um, goes and lays down with him, he's asleep in 10 minutes. If I go and lay down with him, it could be up to an hour. It's like, oh, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years now. I'm tired.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So,
0: so that was the first thing. And maybe we do that. But the other thing was, one, was what Andrea Davis said, which was... Um, You don't want to challenge him because you want to do everything for him. But when he's playing with peers, and that is our goal, um, is that he's going to be able to function in the world with other people socially, they're not just going to do everything that he wants. And they're just not going to follow it like I'm doing with him. And really, it's with the adults that he's close to in his life that he's going to get the practice. People always say, oh, you need peer groups. You need to put your kids and they need their social skills and all these kids need to be in daycare. Actually, it's not how development works. You, you work on the relationship with your uh, primary caregivers first and then it develops with peers after. So I need to be that practice for him to have the play partner where I'm the challenging one. And well, wait, I don't want to do that um i don't i want to do this and certainly my husband's much better at doing that than i am because i just want to do everything that he wants so those are two different things like the bedtime thing where i'm leaving the house and and the challenging him um what what can we do as the next takeaway because again like you said every family is different and and what's going to be right for my family might not be right for the other family and, and what society says is right doesn't necessarily mean that we all have to do it that kind of thing
1: exactly so just just take the bedtime the bedtime piece i think what 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 needs to happen first is that you and your husband need to agree that this is a something that you want to change okay and i'm not going to say fix because it's not about fixing it it's not about that it's broken but What's clearly happening, and I can, I can see that from, from the way that you're talking about it, is that this is a frustrating thing. This is 10 years, you're tired, you don't want to have to leave your own house because your son doesn't go to sleep easily, or the routine is, 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 the the retreat, the routine has become so chaotic. So first you, you have to agree together that this is something that you want to change. Because if, if you don't agree, not in the moment when it's happening, but beforehand, to have a conversation about, we really have to, this is something that I really, I really would like to see change because I don't want to have to get in the car and go away. And, and, and in this particular situation, it sounds to me like you as mom, you're the person that, that is leaving the situation because it's easier for dad to get him to go to sleep. So, you have your 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 frustration or your dysregulation that comes about because of this you got to be honest about it and say hey this 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 is not feeling okay for me as a member of this family and once you've agreed that that's that 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 you're going to change that then there has to be for your son you have to lay out here's the expectations here's what we expect from you at bedtime. And you don't lay out those expectations at bedtime. You lay them out beforehand and you're going to pick one part of it. One part of it. And if that means that, that the expect, you know, and, and you make a, make us a, a visual schedule for him. These are the expectations. This is what we're going to do. And then pick, pick one part of it that's particularly challenging. Is it putting on his pajamas? Or, or, or what, you know what? And say, okay, he, here's a timer. We're going to put a timer on and then you need to, you, you have to put your pajamas on. And if your pajamas are not on, then we're not reading a story. And so then he knows what's going to happen if he doesn't put those on. And so right there, you're starting to set a limit for him. If you fool around with this, then this isn't going to happen. And you know what you can say to him is, if you don't put your pajamas on, then I'm not going to read a story. Now, the important thing is that you don't give in and read the story. And you have to be prepared as a family that this isn't going to be solved if you start on Wednesday it's not going to be solved on Wednesday it's going to take time because this is something new for him to get used to and you can always reference back to hey look here's here's the here's the expectations that we lined out for you and make it make the make make whatever the the if then something that you know that you and your husband are going to be able to follow through on. And you could, you could do something like if you put your pajamas on by yourself, we'll read three stories. If I have to help you put your pajamas on, we'll read two stories. So then you're not taking it totally away from him and you're not setting up the situation. So he's going to fall apart. But if you do this, then there'll be three. And if you, don't do it then it'll only be two
0: and then um, if he protests the outcome to just be able to co-regulate um, as opposed to you didn't follow the rule you're not getting another story like that kind of rubbing it in
1: um, <laughs> right because that 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 is that that isn't going to help it. it's not going to help Your son, and it wouldn't. I mean, none of us would would respond well to that, you know, because, you know, he he's he is now. We are asking him to learn something very new, and so he he just just by by the fact that we're asking him to learn something new, he is going to be more dysregulated. And I, you know, and I know one of the things that you you you've shared many times about your son is that he's a child that needs to move in order to engage. That's another piece that we have to be very, very mindful of as we're asking him to engage in learning a new scenario. You are probably going to see more movement and that's okay. But you, you as parents have to be prepared for that beforehand. Because what, what happens when, when things start to get, we, what we do is like, ah oh, no, I just, if you would just stop moving, then we could do this. And so we have to be prepared for that and know that we have to keep our regulation in check as parents in order to help him through that process. Make sense?
0: Yeah. And the point uh, you made that's so important is not to do things
1: in the moment.
0: So having the plan in advance and not um, changing it in the moment and not deciding in the moment. So right. knowing what's going to happen and that also will support our own regulation because we're not going to be thrown off if we're just deciding in the moment then it doesn't work and then we're scrambling to think what will work, what will work.
1: Right. And, and I think the other thing that, 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 that is, it's really important for us to recognize as parents is that all of us find ourselves in these places and we don't, we don't end up in these places because we did something wrong. We end up in these places because we we are, we are parenting our children and really thinking about different pieces. And then all of a sudden it sort of grows and grows and grows. And then we have to undo it. And, It happens to parents from North to South and East to West and everything in between. We've all of us as parents have gotten ourselves into situations where, where you're like, Oh no, this is, this has gotten out of hand. And now we've got, we have to reel things back in. So it's not a, it's not, it's not a, a question of bad parenting. It's a question of, of children evolving and growing and, we as parents, kind of staying in the, staying here, and our children have moved here, and we have we haven't come along with them.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a real process for parents too, and certainly has been for me because I, I had a toddler for eight years, and he's starting to move out of toddlerhood now, and and I don't know how to deal with it, <laughs> and then what happens when puberty comes? Oh my goodness! So um, yeah, it's certainly a learning curve for me. Um, the other point about being in the moment is, um, I have the very bad habit of, um, where's the confessional here in my priest, I have the the bad habit of criticizing my husband in the moment. So if we've made a plan and he's not following through, I'm like in the moment, Hey, you're not doing this. Remember to do this. And it drives him crazy. And he's told me this. He's like, don't say it in the moment. Wait until I'm done. And then tell me later. And I'm like, yeah, but I did tell you before and you weren't doing it. So, and, and you're doing it wrong or whatever. <laughs> like, as if my way's right, right? Um, so, what's the best way to support my own regulation when it's stressful for me to watch him do something the opposite of what we agreed upon in advance?
1: Well, I, and I, I think. <laughs> it, it, pause. Just pause. Give yourself this space. To just pause and watch. Because I know that you know, as as a floor time parent, that when you're doing floor time, there are situations when you're doing floor time when you're in the moment and you're thinking and you're going, you know, you may have thought that, you know, for the sake of discussion, you had a conversation with Andrea Davis about bowling. And you may have in your mind thought that the bowling was going to go this way. And what happened was it steered it this way and you go and you go along with it and what we have to do as parents and then as spouses is that we have to have faith in the other spouse that whatever is going on and what they're thinking and making a transition from the original plan there's a reason for it that they're in that moment and this that that is that is really 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 hard to do because You have a plan and then you think, oh, well, okay, here we are and we're going to do it this way. And then the person isn't doing it that way and you're thinking we have this great plan. And what's happening to the one human being who this is all about? Is he seeing that? (laughs) He's going, wow, look at that. Those two... Are now having a discussion with each other about that I didn't, you know, it was it wasn't right that you know the way I laid your pajamas out, and now I got five more minutes, ten more minutes, yes, because that's that. After all, I mean, don't you know? I mean, but when we're adults and stuff, we realize that you know going to sleep is a good thing, but when you're ten. Wow, let me have a few more minutes. And any way that we can get a few more minutes, great. So, you know, playing, helping parents play against each other, it's a great strategy. Again, a celebration that he's doing that. Yes, however, very, very stressful for for the family unit.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think another point that you would say is that every parent is on their own timeline. So um with some things it might be a lot easier for my husband to implement and it's gonna be a lot harder for me to challenge my child, for instance. And he may be the one looking at me, even though he's not going to criticize me in the moment, going like she gave in again. Um whereas he's able to to do it sooner and and then with something else I'll be like like we discussed this over and over, but he doesn't have the patience when my son's really dysregulated to follow through. Cause it's easier just to sort of get what you need to get done done. And so, you know, he's aware he loses his patience when my son gets dysregulated and he just wants to get out of that moment as quickly as possible. He's aware of that. I'm aware that I'm a softie. <laughs> so it's, we need to respect each other's individual differences in in that uh, aspect and realize like okay what's easy for me is not as easy for him what's hard for me is easier for him etc.
1: Exactly, exactly and, and I, I really like that you, what you said respect each other's individual differences and understand that that both both parents you have the same end goal. And 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 how you meander towards it and how your spouse meanders towards it may be a little bit different. And that we have to be patient with that, that piece. And it's it, it's very difficult because again it goes back to this is this this little human we're watching it grow and we're watching it blossom and we're watching it blossom and we're watching it blossom and we want it to keep blossoming in any way that we can possibly do it. And so the idea that we have all internalized is we don't want to stress this little blossom, but sometimes we have to stress it or challenge it so that it can make those developmental leaps or developmental steps and make the developmental steps all within how we have a relationship with another human being. Cause that's what this is all about. It's how he's relating to you guys around the things that are part of healthy living, healthy and safe emotional living.
0: So what are the steps that I'm going to take when I go home later today? I apologize if the sound quality is not great I I'm at my gym in the lounge uh, for people that are watching and or listening. Um, So when I get home today, what am I going to, first of all, plant that intention in my head? Okay, we need to make things clearer for our son because he doesn't know what the heck's happening. So around brushing teeth, around bedtime, around how many chocolates he gets, let's say those three things.
1: Okay, so so you're going to go, when you go home today, chocolate is pretty easy to have a conversation with him. Look, we have this much chocolate left, and we have to decide how much chocolate you're going to have every day because you like to have chocolate every day. I like to have chocolate every day. You think you should have one piece or ten pieces, or you can say one or two, you know, depending upon – you know, and you know your son better than I do. So I don't know if he's ready to do that discussion and negotiation about one or 10. You could say, you want to have one or two? And I would bet he would say two. And then you say, okay, let's make a little bit, of little picture. Here's, at, when dinner is over, here's the chocolate picture. And if he can, if he's, he's willing to scribble, scrabble a piece of chocolate, there's two. And then it's there. And then you can say to him, Okay, you've got to go get your chocolate now. Put one on each spot. Oh, no more. And then, you know, if he tries to get 15, you go, whoa, wait a minute. Only two. And then you can do something. If he has 15, you can say to him, you know what? I'm going to count to five. And if you can't put the chocolate, the other chocolates back in in the bag or the bowl or whatever it's in, by, the t- by yourself, then I will help you. One, two, three, four, five. If you get to five and he can't do it by himself, then you're going to take that chocolate and you're going to put it back in there. And if there's an eruption, okay. And then you're going to use your best tools to help him co-regulate. But you're not going to help him co-regulate by giving him three pieces of chocolate or four pieces of chocolate. There's going to be two pieces of chocolate and the wonderful relationship that he has with you as a parent that you're going to use to co-regulate him. And what you're also going to say is that the first time we're going to do this, the whole night is going to be forward and I have nothing planned. I don't have to do anything else but this. And you're going to do just that. You're not going to do anything that has to do with bedtime. You're not going to do anything else. You're just going to work on the chocolate. And when that when you have success there, that's going to do marvelous things for, for you as a parent and give you the energy to move to the next piece. If we try to fix everything, fix or modify everything all at once, we we, we, we do nothing because we're human beings too. And we can't we 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 simply cannot deal with the amount of dysregulation that we will experience because we're trying to help our child find a different way.
0: Well, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking, oh, okay, I had a helper coming over. My husband's working late tonight, and now he just canceled. So I actually have nothing planned. I have the whole night. So I'm going to go do the chocolate. Then I'm going to do the toothbrushing. Then I'm going to do the bedtime all tonight. And then you said that, and I was like, okay, I'm like a to-do list, check off the list kind of person. So I want to just do it all. If I'm starting, I want to do it all, but you're cautioning
1: whoa whoa mama slow down oh yeah me too i love to have put the things on the list and check them off i make it a a list for two weeks of, of of doing this let's start with one thing and have success for everyone and have his little body be well regulated because now just imagine if you tried to do chocolate and then bedtime and then teeth brushing and he he finds himself in a place of dysregulation because you're going to follow through on your expectation. You're, you're setting he comes dysregulated to bedtime. Good luck. It'll it'll never happen. It's just it's one step at a time. And then because then we as parents will feel successful. Oh, I can do this because now go back to where you started and said. You and your husband have no trouble setting limits at all, but we don't follow through with them. And you, you, you use the qualifying word, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't use this. We're so disorganized. You're not so disorganized. We're finding ourselves in in dysregulation. That's making it very hard for us to follow through on the things that 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 we've agreed upon, one thing at a time. So that, having said that, go ahead.
0: You're gonna. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Um, yeah, we have no problem setting limits, and and not just that we don't always follow through with them, but the limits change. So one day it's one chocolate, one day it's three chocolates, one day it's. A, and so that's the confusing part is not sticking to what they actually are and keeping them consistent. And right. and not that they have to be like we are going on a summer vacation, so. Maybe on vacation, you get to have gelato and the chocolate, but at <laughs> home, at home, we're not having ice cream. every day. But on vacation, mama loves gelato. So we're getting gelato. <laughs>
1: well, that's right. And and he, he can understand that because when you get home, the gelato is not going to be in the house, mm-hmm. but on va- and, and he should be able to make that leap. And maybe when you go on vacation, the chocolate stays home. Who knows? But he needs. To, he needs to know that. You know, he says, actually, "I want." Actually,
0: across the street from the gelato store in Quebec City is a really good chocolate shop. So we probably will have chocolate too.
1: <laughs> oh man, I'm coming on vacation with you. Right, and so you know, and and but he, if we tell him that before we're in the middle of it, it's vacation. We're going to have gelato. What kind of, when you're driving there, what kind of gelato do you think you're going to have? Mommy's going to have chocolate on Monday, strawberry on Tuesday, mint chocolate chip on Wednesday. I just went on vacation and I ate chocolate. I ate ice cream every day too because only on vacation. So I understand that. But he needs to, if he knows this is what we're going to do, that works. If he doesn't know, and it's just because it's vacation. When we get home, we're not, we don't have gelato. Do we have gelato every day? You can ask him that. Let him be Let him be part of that discussion within reason.
0: Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's important. So if I just, um, I will certainly document all of this in the blog post at affectautism.com. You can do a search for Jackie Bartell, or you can just type in Jackie. You can type in limits. You can type in expectations. Yeah. Um, for the listeners, I, I will sum it up there, but just from my memory, um, I'm going to plan what our limits are going to be. We're going to discuss them in advance and include him in the discussions when we're in a regulated state, and when we start to apply them, we're going to stick to them, and we're going to follow through with them, and we're going to work on one thing at a time, And we are not going to dysregulate in the moment or uh, discuss it with each other, criticize each other in the moment. We're going to just, if it didn't work and someone gave in and did it wrong or didn't follow the limit, we're going to let it go and then regroup and discuss it again. Okay, why do you think that that self-reflection process, what, what was going on for you that you decided not to go with the limit how can I support you in that uh, going forward? What do you need? Uh, maybe, you know, maybe someone will say, you know what? I just, I can't do it. When he gets dysregulated I can't do it, can you step in and take over for me? Maybe that's the solution. Who knows what it'll be? Maybe some days it's fine. You know, I had a stressful day at work. I can't do it today, but maybe I'll try again tomorrow. Whatever it is. Um, but deciding in advance, not trying to change things in the moment, um, was something that um, I thought of, and 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 discussing what's going to happen on vacation. So actually, Mama only has one kind of gelato, coffee gelato, but <laughs> my son has all different. He likes all different kinds of flavors. So maybe he'll have hazelnut one day, and then he'll have mango, and then he'll have strawberry, and then he'll have salted caramel. Uh, so he likes all the different kinds. I've decided I I just like the one kind best. So that's what I've been having, and he we discuss that with other things too. Like when we go to an amusement park, Oh, mama's scared of roller coasters. Mama doesn't go on the roller coasters. Dada goes on the rides. So he, he's able to understand those things. So there's no reason why he can't understand the limits. So I think um, this was very helpful. I thank you for that. And and I hope um, we'll get to follow up in a month or two um, and, and see how things are going and figure out next steps
1: Absolutely. And I think I just want to, Daria, let's not think about it as limits. Let's think about it as, as expectations because limits, limits are, are narrowing and they're negative. Expectations are more positive and they're, these are the expected behaviors. Here's what's going to happen if I don't, if, if you don't comply where you don't, don't engage in the expected behaviors. This is what I'm going to do. This is what you're going to do as my son. And this is what I'm going to do as a parent.
0: Okay. Um, and I will have to point out, because if I don't, it'll really bother me that we always want to keep the development in mind. Um, so like Dr. Gordon Neufeld talks about it a lot, uh, we don't want to discipline children when they're incapable for example two-year-olds sharing toys we're not going to say if you don't share we're going home because two-year-olds are not developmentally capable of sharing toys they're not there yet so we don't want to place expectations on our children that they're not developmentally ready for and that's one thing we didn't even discuss during this whole podcast but has been discussed many other times in other uh, blog posts that I've done so I'll put a little reference to that as well
1: in the in the post. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that 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 that's of critical importance. We don't want to ask, expect expect behavior of children that they're not capable, that they're not developmentally ready to partake in.
0: And or that their sensory issues don't allow them, like, you know, forcing my kid to sit still for X number of minutes to do something like when I know he's he his vestibular system needs that constant uh movement so uh and,
1: yeah. I think, and i think it's you know not not only do we want to take in those but into account those that the individual differences of of our children we want to take in the account the individual differences of the whole family
0: absolutely floor time is a family approach chapter whatever in engaging autism <laughs> got it Okay, thank you so much Jackie and thank you listeners again. Check out affectautism.com for the write-up and some links to things we've discussed. Until next time, here's to affecting autism through play.